Welcome to Mayo Clinic Q&A. I'm Dr. Helena Gazelka. Thanks for joining us today. The start of a new school year is always filled with excitement and anxiety. With COVID-19 this year, back to school is even more challenging for kids, teachers, and parents. How can you and your child have a healthy mindset for the start of school? Well, here to discuss that with us today is psychologist Dr. Craig Sawchuk. Dr. Sawchuk is the division chair of integrated behavioral health at Mayo Clinic. Well, thanks so much, Dr. Sawchuk, for being here today. I'm excited to hear what you have to say about back to school. I've seen little hints of it here around Mayo Clinic as we're working with uh, employees and the community. Uh, what basic advice would you have for us today? Yeah, some of the, one of the big things that you talked about a little bit earlier was just uncertainty. We've all been dealing with uncertainty to a greater or lesser degree, and I think it's really important for us to remind ourselves that there's a whole lot of stuff going on with the pandemic that we can't control, but there's also some very actionable steps that we can control. So I think especially as we're facing uh, the return to school, um, there's about four things that we want to keep in mind. Um, one, the first thing is just be flexible. And we're not only talking about what we learn in yoga, uh, but just really be flexible with the format uh, of how we learn, whether it be in-person, whether it be virtual, whether it be a hybrid you know, between the two. Um, just be flexible with that. It's all going to look different however we look at it. And it's also subject to change. So being flexible is really, really key. Another thing is to be optimistic. You know, we try to do our best to keep a positive attitude, you know, going forward. And it's really imp important, especially for parents and caregivers, to model being optimistic as we approach this new school year and just be open to essentially learning new ways of, of learning. But being optimistic um, is really, really important. And it's also be supportive. Um, this is These are challenging times for us all, but we also think about just getting into that school environment and we want to be supportive of all those steps and measures that people are taking to maintain safety. So whether we're talking about social distancing and proper hand hygiene and wearing masks, it's really important that we do our part as well to be supportive. And then finally, um, and this you know is, is easy to do hopefully in Minnesota, but uh, we encourage other people you know around the country as well too, is just be kind. You know, a lot of us are going through a lot right now. We actually have been going through a lot for quite some time. We're all experiencing distress to a greater or lesser degree. So try to maintain that kindness towards others, especially everybody working very, very hard to figure out not only work schedules, but school schedules to try to find a new way to make this work. I resonated uh, with what you said about uncertainty that really resonated with me because I feel like the whole name of this game that we're in with COVID right now is that things are changing all the time. The advice we're getting is changing. What we need to do to manage this is changing. The knowledge about the virus itself is changing. And so that's, uh, that really uh, makes sense to me, the need to be flexible. Yeah, I tell you, uncertainty is kind of like a, the world right now is just like a snow globe. It's just kind of shook up and, and the snow in the snow globe is the uncertainty. And, and when um, things really started to impact us, you know, much earlier in the spring towards the end of the winter and, and early spring, um, that, that was really tough. And, and I think psychologically, we were thinking, okay, two weeks, okay, maybe four weeks we can, you know, uh, handle this. But then we've really kind of gone from a short-term acute care model to more of a longer-term 
coping model. Um, I think many of us were hoping that the schools and work would be all figured out, you know, by this point in time, but here we are and there's still some uncertainty we need to get through. You talked about mental flexibility, but also some of that yoga flexibility is probably a do about now if people haven't been exercising during COVID. We again rewind the clock at the start of the, the pandemic and, and some of the big things that we were encouraging people to do at the time, like maintain a good schedule, a healthy schedule, a reliable time that we wake up and, and get ourselves dressed and, and getting out of the yoga pants as we talked about, you know, uh, a while ago, um, but doing all those healthy things, you know, during the day, like a reliable sleep schedule, nutrition, you know, exercise, all really good all really good to kind of keep going. Um, there's also good opportunities actually to learn new skills right now too that can help act as I think very healthy pressure release valves. And this is one of the good things that we've seen coming out of the pandemic that there's lots of um, free um, skill building things that are now available online. So whether they actually be yoga classes or meditation classes or even learning some mindfulness. Um, we've talked on Mayo Clinic Radio before about um, free mental health apps uh, are really, really good things. So learning new skills are always really good at this time. Um, and then it's the healthy supports and staying connected. Folks have been so adaptable uh, to, you know, try to bridge that social distance with, you know, video check-ins, you know, with people and, and staying connected with those healthy people, you know, in our lives. We're just having to do it differently. And then also making sure that we're reaching out to those people that maybe um, have a harder time being able to connect with others or may feel a little bit more isolated. So trying to maintain those connections with healthy supports. And I'll always kind of throw this in is watch what you're feeding your brain. Um, so when it comes to the news and social media it can be a little bit extra charged, you know, sometimes, but usually about 15 minutes, maybe to about a half hour um, once to maybe twice per day of, of, of media or social media. That's usually enough to keep you informed, but hopefully not so overwhelmed that you're marinating and a lot of that stress and uncertainty. But it is actually interesting because those are the things that we were recommending earlier in the pandemic, and those are the same things we're still recommending now. I think the small doses of social media is a good thing. We all tend to be kind of tied to our phones now. Very much so. But what advice do you have for students, for parents, for teachers on maintaining good mental health? during this process of going back to school? So a lot of those things um, that we just talked about in terms of those healthy routines and, and keeping up those um, healthy like pressure release valve, stress management skills and those healthy supports, those are good things. I think, you know, when we start to look at um, how school is actually gonna be going uh, this coming fall, really in a couple of weeks, um, we're looking at different mental health challenges, I think, hitting each of those three areas. So if we think of um, in-person schooling where some places will be doing it, I think you're gonna be running into that kind of mixture of both excitement and fear. <laughs> you know, people are gonna be at one level so happy to be around their friends and other things, and other people are gonna be facing a lot of anxiety and worry about stepping into these areas. And we also think for our young learners too, they may not understand, you know, um, how in-person schooling is gonna look differently now and needing to wear masks and maintain that, that social distance. So we always wanna make sure we keep those lines of communication open, that we model these good behaviors um, that we know can be effective and helpful for those in-person uh, schooling. 
for the remote schooling, I think one of the mental health challenges that we're going to be running into is, is um, a couple of things. One is isolation. Um, and a lot of us have been dealing with that already. And, and many of us have tried to adapt as best as we can to things being more remote. So hopefully more of those classes that are going more towards virtual is that they're building that sense of community. So hopefully there'll be more of the chat room style where they can have a little bit more interaction and feeling connected. But we also got to make sure that we're looking outside of just the school you know, format. Are there ways that we can encourage our kiddos to stay connected with, again, healthy supports and friends you know, in their lives, also in a healthy and, and safe manner. So that, that social development and staying connected with people to reduce that isolation is extremely uh, important. Um, and we also think about, um, just like for our younger learners again, that doing everything remote um, can be a real challenge, you know, for them. So I think with with our younger learners and then also with our uh, older kids as well too, we may have to look at that school day as being really kind of spread out and kind of pacing ourselves. It's kind of unfair to plop a kid down in front of the computer for six to seven hours straight of being able to stay focused. So maybe pacing themselves along the way can actually be a good thing. And think finally, another thing that we got to keep in mind too, is some kids struggle more with just organization and being able to keep up with all um, their homework. And that is, is a different uh, dynamic, whether it's virtual versus in person. So maintaining good communication with um, our teachers remains really important. And then the final challenge that we run into, both from a learner perspective and parents and caregivers, is that hybrid format, because boy, that can take so many different you know, uh, flavors and, and the schedule can look very different between you know, a, a caregiver or parent's work schedule and how does that map on to, okay, do I need my kids at school on this day or are they at home you know, learning this day? And that's also gonna be subject to change. So one of the big things that we recommend for folks to try to help all of our stress level is have just one giant chart and have that posted in a high traffic zone in their house, usually a kitchen, you know, is a good one where we've got everybody's schedule on there. And whether it be our, our children's schedule, you know, what days are they going to be in class? What days are they going to be more virtual and online? And our own work schedule as well, too. And I know that's going to take a lot of work on everybody's part to figure that out. But having clear communication, a one-stop shop for our schedule in our home is actually a really good thing. That's a really good piece of practical advice. And I liked what you said about uncertainty. Uncertainty isn't just about that we don't know what's going to happen next, but it's also, am I up for this? Am I capable of helping my child? I remember when my daughter was in junior high and trying to help her with her algebra homework, and I cannot even imagine having her home for an entire school year. She's now married and has a five-year-old who should be going to kindergarten this year, and we're still not quite sure what's happening with that. But there's just so much uncertainty that things could change daily, that we may not be equipped for the task. Once we get through this, and we will get through the pandemic, uh, but uh, look at the lessons learned and the resilience that we'll pick up along the way. I'm sure there'll be certain stressors that we're going to be dealing with um, once the pandemic is over that will be so much easier for us to deal with because if we manage to get through the pandemic, we can handle you know, a lot of other life challenges maybe much easier. That's a really good point. And it brings me to the last, um, one of my last questions for you is that, how do we help our children understand that we're not always okay and that's okay? A lot of times our kids saw us going off to school, 
not didn't really know mom and dad go off to work and they do they do their thing during the day and come home but now roles are changing and, and the way we do things is changing and it doesn't always feel okay and i'm sure it doesn't to our children either and this all takes a, a toll on us you know even with uh, people that we look to that seem to be the most calm and the most cool and the most flexible uh, and the most optimistic about these things, it all still takes a toll on folks. And, and that's why the line that you mentioned, uh, Dr. Gazelka, is, is spot on in terms of it's okay to not be okay. Unusual circumstances call for unusual ways of responding you know, to it. However, we don't want to just say, well, it's okay to not be okay and just gonna leave it at, the, at that because a lot of us are, are dealing with, to a greater or lesser extent, with, with stress or sleep problems, worry, um, new financial you know, struggles. Um, again, kids uh, wanting to be successful in their schooling and maybe struggling with that as well, too. So it's going to take a lot of adaptation you know, with that. But once we start to see a lot of those things starting to cause us problems in day-to-day -day living, it is unbelievably important that we reach out. So whether it be like a parent or a caregiver, we notice maybe our kid is struggling more or being more quieter than usual, or maybe even the opposite. Sometimes they're a little bit more combative, you know, try to maintain that, that calm, you know, stance, but also create an environment where you can talk about it. Um, and likewise, you know, we also have to take our own self-reflection to see how we're doing. And, and do know that, that help is available. Treatment is available. I know we've also talked on this program before about um, challenges with mental health access. Um, but I think one of the th key things that as we've seen a lot of schooling going virtual now, and a lot of businesses going virtual now, a lot of therapy has also gone virtual as well too. So a lot of, uh, whether it be medication management or counseling, a lot of clinics are, are now offering video-based and telephone-based format to help maintain that social distancing. And many of these platforms have been very stable and actually very good. And I think that this is also another good thing that's actually come out of the pandemic is that we can maybe extend our reach out a little bit more. But sometimes a good place to start if you're struggling is start off with your primary care team family medicine provider or your pediatrician, they're usually the most in the know of what are available mental health resources located right in your area. Uh, Craig, what you said about um, that increased access, I do think that's one of the benefits of COVID. Um, uh, we're looking, when we're looking for the glass to be half full or the silver lining, we've started doing many more video visits here at Mayo Clinic, as I'm sure you have in your practice too. And I actually think it's been uh, really well received by our patients. Awesome. Well, even over the course of the interview, you're working on being more optimistic. So the glass half full and the silver linings, you're, you're already doing it. So that's a good sign. That's right. Do you have anything else that you'd like to share with us before we go today, Craig? Yeah, just want to remind people again that we will get through this and I know um, psychologically it's always easier when there's a light at the end of the tunnel and also when there's something to look forward to. And I think that's been one of the big challenges, you know, the pandemic, that light at the end of the tunnel of getting to the other side of this keeps seemingly get pushed further back or some of the things that we would ordinarily look forward to, like going away on vacation or hanging out with our friends or even going on a date with our partner. Um, a lot of that's been a lot more challenging for us, but, um, do um, know that everybody at every level is working very hard to help us all get to the other side of this pandemic. And we'll get there and, and uh, we'll be all the better for it in the end. Thanks so much for being here, Craig. Thanks to Mayo Clinic psychologist, Dr. Craig Sacha, having a conversation about how we can be resilient 
in the face of back-to-school issues uh, during COVID-19. Mayo Clinic Q&A is a production of the Mayo Clinic News Network and is available wherever you get and subscribe to your favorite podcasts. To see a list of all Mayo Clinic podcasts, visit newsnetwork.mayoclinic.org. Then click on podcasts. Thanks for listening and be well. We hope you'll offer a review of this and other episodes when the option is available. Comments and questions can also be sent to Mayo Clinic News Network at mayo.edu.